Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to the show, Alicia Jarrett. Thank you so much, Victor. Uh, yes, calling in from, uh, from down under in Australia. So thank you so much for having me on. Alicia, great to have you here. Now, you've been at this game a little while. You're doing a lot of international investing in addition to work that you're doing in Australia. Maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Sure, sure. So yes, well, we've been doing business in the States now for just over four years, which for a lot of people probably listening to your podcast, that seems like pretty early on in our journey, but we've come a long way in four years, let me tell you. My partner, Matthew, and I, we've got some experience doing real estate here in Australia, but for those listening, people might not be aware that getting the types of deals that the US has in its disposal, doing those types of deals here in Australia is actually really, really difficult. We don't have the same types of laws, access to information, entry points to market, exit strategies, all of those things. You can't really do that over here. So we started to expand our horizons into, well, where else can we do some exciting things in real estate? So we started off uh, four years ago doing a couple of fix and flips in Florida. We did some great houses. We have a huge passion for affordable housing. And we see that there is a bit of an affordable housing crisis in the US and, and that's something we're very passionate about. And so we did some great houses in areas that a lot of people probably wouldn't go into and put some families in there. And, and that was such a joyful thing to do. And we did that from afar. We had a team in place and a project manager over there and a lot of stressful hours, though, I've got to say, Victor, checking in with the team, making sure contractors were doing the right thing. And after uh, our last house, our last house was a pretty stressful one. And, and that made us reconsider okay, we still want to do some good things over in, in the US, but maybe fixing and flipping. And I think that was also at the point in the market where fix and flips were getting a lot harder to get a really decent house for, well, you know, a house for a certain price point, doing all the, the fixing and flipping for it and putting it back onto the market for, you know, the, the profit that we were after. That was starting to get a little thin on the ground because everybody was doing fix and flips. So we started to look at land as an asset class because we knew that we could still help our communities with land as well. So for about the last three years, we've been focusing on investing in land, wholesaling in land and seller financing in land as our strategies where we can go into communities and get land that is unused, unloved, untouched and start to create more opportunities in those communities for people to build houses or to start their dreams by maybe even seller financing a piece of land with us so they can eventually you know, start to, to put what they want, put, put grassroots down if you like. So that's our journey to date. Started with the houses, now we're doing land. And to say that we're doing any real estate anywhere else, we're not because the US has given us so much opportunity to learn and grow and do business. So, you know, for lack of a better word, we, we feel like we're part of the US now. <laughs> I love that. And I can certainly relate to what it's like doing work across multiple time zones. You're probably 15, 16 hours away from most places that you're trying to work with. That's a difficult time zone difference. Yeah. Even 12 hours is a lot easier than 16 hours. It makes a big difference. I say that as someone who spent a lot of time in Japan, a lot of time in China and Taiwan and Korea, it's a big difference. Just those extra four hours it makes it really, really tough. Oh. It so does, Victor. We get up early. 
It's just gone 6am over here and I'm, I'm already up and working and talking with you and have been up for quite some time. And I think that's part of the motivation. If you've got a really great business model and you're hungry to, to want to do more and, and you're really motivated for truly helping people out there and creating opportunities, then you get up and you do the hours. We love it when it's summer, our time, winter in the US because we, we get back a few hours a day with daylight savings. But certainly this time of year when it's turning into winter for us, we literally just a few weeks ago lost two hours of productive work time a day back to the States. So, yeah, it does make a difference. I think also our decision to mainly focus in Florida, that's where we do most of our business. In hindsight, I love Florida and I love doing business in Florida, but there's a little part of me that makes me think, Imagine if we had have chosen some uh, some states closer to the West Coast. I think that might have been easier for us time-wise. <laughs> I love that. And I love land development. We do a fair bit of land development ourselves. So I'm eager to talk to you about that. Let's talk a little bit about what it's been like navigating the whole complexity of investing internationally. You've got yeah. tax consequences, non-resident withholding tax, compliance issues, all kinds of stuff to worry about that is often a barrier for a lot of folks. Great question. So I think I'll start off with the last part of your question, which is the, the barrier for a lot of folks. I guess the, the way that we've approached our business and our mindset around business all along is nothing is a barrier that can't be overcome. And I think the more that you do research into different ways of doing business, different opportunities and how you structure things, there's always a workaround. And really stopping when we first started this business, we stopped for quite some time to think about the long-term future for our business. And very early on, we were focused on, you know, what's our strategy? Even if our strategy doesn't unfold the way that we see it, how do we want our business to grow and develop and learn? And, and let's now set up our structure and what we do with our accountant to be in a place to be ready for that. So very early on, we looked at how we structure our corporation and our LLCs and then how we use our different LLCs to both, you know, trade in properties and set up seller financing and things like that to make it easy for our accountant at the end of the day to then report on things for us. The good thing between Australia and the US is we do have a tax treaty. So it makes it very easy to lodge taxes on both sides and have the treaty that looks at it as kind of one. But outside of that, you know, looking at things like corporate structure and how we want to overcome all of those different types of things. The first thing we asked ourselves is who do we need to surround ourselves with? So we started to reach out to other people that were doing international investing. We started to research accounting companies and attorneys that were used to dealing with international investors. And we started there. And the first question that we always ask is, if you were asked, what was the advice that you would give? Because especially when you're starting out in business and for something so complicated as international investing and setting up companies in other countries, you can't know it all and you can do a lot of research, but then the on the ground stuff as to how it really plays out and how it really happens, you've got to kind of rely on the experts to give you the view there. And very early on, we started to surround ourselves with some of those people. And, and I'm still very thankful to, to know a lot of those people today that we still lean on every now and then. Yeah, I love that. So I'm a fan of saying that a good deal badly managed, of course, is no deal. 100%. <laughs> and so yeah, the only differentiator of that is the people. It's not the deal. And a lot of folks, when they're just starting out, tend to make it all about the deal. So before you go into a market, are you looking at the opportunities first? Are you looking at the people, the team? How are you approaching it? Yeah, all of the above. So I guess the first thing is is looking at the market. So 
Florida wasn't the only state that we looked at to begin with. We were looking at different states when it came to the migration into those states. So, you know, how many people are moving there? And certainly at the moment, I think somebody told me a statistic the other day, Victor, that about 5,000 people a day are moving to Florida. And I thought, wow. That's why we literally run out of land on a weekly basis. We get land in and it's gone within a few days. Well, a lot of those 5,000 people have New York accents, just just saying. Yeah, (laughs) completely agree. But when we decided to look at Florida, and, and not just Florida, but specifically the counties and areas within Florida, we were looking at things like growth rates, investing who's investing in what areas, both in a a private investment, but also local investment. So infrastructure, what are the local counties and states doing in terms of infrastructure and growth path? Then obviously looking at buyer and seller activity to making sure that there's the right level of activity there. And, And our first place that we landed on was Duval County and more specifically Jacksonville. We've got a special place in our heart for Jacksonville now because of all the networks and, and people that, that we know there. And then it did become about people. So now that we've decided, okay, let's start with Jacksonville, Florida, we literally just got on the phone to local realtors. And I'm happy to say that the first person that ever returned our call was a guy called Michael Cassidy. He's a, he's a realtor there in Florida. And he was the very first person to return our call. Our specific call that we put out to people was, we are in Australia, we're looking for a realtor who is investor friendly, who can work with us on deals, who's willing to kind of step outside the norm of their role of a realtor and work with us on our strategy. And he was the first person to call us back and he's still on our team today. Now, that's not to say that we get all of our deals through a realtor. We don't. But we now use him as a team member to do joint ventures with, to also help us with MLS and to get things out there to builders and developers that he knows in his network. So that was our local team on the ground. He also then introduced us to the rest of our team, which was our real estate attorney, our closing team one of our local accountants that we have there as well. So he's really helped us to expand that network. And I think sometimes the minute we meet people, if we've got that connection with them and we can help them and they can help us, they're friends for life. So we look at all those people on our team as friends rather than just people that we go to for services, so to speak. And we've also now grown our team internationally. We've got a team of people that we have in the Philippines that have been with us now for coming up two years, and they're like families. We're expanding as we go, Victor. I love that. As you're looking now into land development, is there a particular land that you're going after? Are you looking for greenfield opportunities, infill opportunities, development land, farmland? All of the the above. Yeah, all of the above. Now, that might sound like a really broad strategy to some people, but here's the thing. We have so many different buyer groups that come to us now. We've got specific developers that we've partnered with that want infill lots in certain zip codes that we target for for them. We have a number of people now, and particularly I've seen this as a bit of a shifting trend over maybe the last six months. A lot of our buyers are coming to us and they're wanting agricultural land just outside of the major cities. So just outside of Tampa, Jacksonville, Miami, They're wanting to get out of the cities and into some more, I'm not going to say rural areas, but we're talking, you know, 10 miles out where they can build a a house and have some space and kind of get out of the the hustle and bustle of city life. And and I think the last 12 months with COVID and, you know, perhaps some, some unrest in certain places in the States, people are wanting a bit more peace. So we've got a huge part of our market. I would say more than 50% of our buyers list at the moment is people wanting agricultural space that is multi-zoned that they can do different things with. 
So we go after everything. We even have quite a few of our buyers on our database now that are commercial property buyers that look to us to source commercial properties. So we don't say no to any opportunity. And I think that's actually been a really good mindset to have as we've grown our business, Victor, is yes, we had our strategy to start with that that we want to do land. We want to be land wholesalers, land investors and land seller finances. But let's not restrict ourselves to what type of land that might look like. Let's wait until the market tells us what it wants and then we go after that. And after three years, you know, our buyer database and, and how we utilize that is they tell us where they want and then we go and find it. Fascinating. So it's more a case of you sourcing what your end buyers are looking for as opposed to simply having a flow of deals coming to you just organically. Yeah. So, so well, it is a bit of both. So we're continually, we never stop marketing for deals. We're always going out into different counties for for all types of land. And we're always going out to our our sellers and saying, hey, guys, if you're ready to to sell your property, we're ready to talk to you. But the good thing now, a few years in, is as soon as we get that property, we can go back out to our our buyer network and say, we just got this agricultural piece of land for those that missed out. Uh, I guess good systems is one thing that we put in place. So our CRM that we use, Victor, we can automatically go, okay, these are our buyers that are after agricultural land in this county. Let's get this out to them first. And quite often, that's where things get sold. Fantastic. So for the folks who are listening to this thinking, boy, I'm not in the right area, I can't get something done. Alicia has proof that that's absolutely a fallacy. It is. (laughs) It really is. I love that. If folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Yeah, the the best way to get in touch with us is through our Supercharged Offers business, which is our marketing business that we have for land. My email address for that is Alicia, so that's A-L-I-C-I-A, at superchargedoffers.com. And the phone number to get in touch with myself or our team for that is 888-538-5478. So just for those listening, if they're like supercharged offers, that doesn't sound like it's got anything to do with land. We we have a separate business that we've actually set up for ourselves, uh, Victor, which is how we have our marketing acquisition engine running 24-7 to help get us deals. And that's our supercharged offers business. Our other business is called Land Scouts. So landscouts.com is our our land business as well. So maybe we could talk more about marketing on another call. (laughs) Fantastic. Alicia, fascinating story. I love what you're doing. Definitely resonates strongly with me. We'll definitely have you back, talk about travel, about working while you're traveling and all of those sorts of things. And for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to Alicia at superchargeoffers.com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.